0: Bye. How is everyone doing? This is the 14th episode of Cooper's Chalk Talk. Today I'm going to be doing all sports. I don't know. I've been watching a ton of them. I feel like I got a lot of stuff to talk about with sports. So just in general, I'm going to be talking about a lot of sports today. Um, I want to kind of kick off in as oddly as it sounds at the baseball region because even though they may not be in actual full playoff mode, there has been some real movement already, just kind of in the power of um, of the of the different conferences and I guess I should say divisions. So just in general generally, you know, you kinda of go through and look at some of this stuff. So starting off with baseball, um, you know, the Cubs have been making a strong run. I'm a huge Cubs fan. Out of the past ten games, they've won about eight of those. And I think the really kind of shocking team that's kinda of coming back, they were actually in the last in their division about, I don't know, maybe Five days ago is actually the Boston Red Sox. They won five in a row um, in their division. They're actually eight and two. Um, the Yankees and Rays have been, you know, they've been doing pretty decent as well. They're still with 24 wins. And then you have the Houston Astros, 26 wins, and the um, actual Dodgers, 27 wins. So those two teams leading the actual MLB, and honestly, it's kind of already turning into somewhat of a six-team race to the actual finals. So, you know, once again, this is way too early in the MLB season to kind of just start xing some people out but you know the nl central and al actual east those are definitely the two strongest divisions to me it's not even close to whoever else i know the the nl west is pretty decent but the diamondbacks always fall off the padres they're never going to win anything um, so, you know, I really think that it just in general, it, it really is the two strongest actual divisions are the um, American League East and actual NL Central. Um, NL Central, I think you have the Cubs and Brewers both coming out of it pretty strong. You know, either team can make a run in the playoffs. They've kind of proven that before. Um, NL East is a joke. The Phillies are going to choke. Um, and then you have the NL West, which you have the Dodgers. They're going to make a run for it as well. Once again, already with 27 wins. Then you get in the American League. The American League's pretty solid from top to bottom. Um, whenever you kind of look at the actual, you know top teams in that I think the Tampa Bay Rays I don't really see them maintaining that but once again you talk about those top teams Yankees Red Sox they'll be able to able to hold on and make a run for it more than likely as well um, then the NL Central you know that the, the Indians have kind of been holding that down the Twins are kind of on an early rise um, the Twins are one of those teams that are always pretty competitive but never actually win anything um, so, you know, I, I think that the Indians will end up winning that division, I think. Um, but then you go down to the actual AL West, I think, you know, the Angels, are the only reason why they're in seconds is because every other team in that division is just pitiful. Um, the Houston Astros, it's a one team race in that division. So, once again, I mean, you kind of look at this and, you know, you can already kind of start Xing some teams out. You have the Yankees, Sox. Uh, Red Sox, sorry, um, Houston Astros, and then you go into the National League, you know, you, you basically have the Cubs, Brewers, and the Dodgers, and those are really the only teams that I really think have a legitimate shot to make a run this year, um, the Braves really aren't playing as good as they did last year, the Philadelphia Phillies, I know that, you know, they have Bryce Harper, I know everyone's super high on Bryce Harper, but the dude to me is just, you know, I, you know he's an amazing baseball player, don't get me wrong, but you know, I just don't see that team ever really winning anything. Um, at least not in the next couple of years. I just don't think they have the pitching to do it. So, you know, I think the Phil you know the Phillies might win that division, but I don't think they go very far in the playoffs. I think the Cubs, Brewers, I think they they have some real disruption. I think even if you know whoever goes through the the actual um, wild card series, you know, I think more than likely it'll be one of those guys kind of going through there. You know, they're gonna it's gonna be a tough out for whoever plays them for sure. Um and then once again you once again the American League, the Yankees and Red Sox, it's unbelievable to see how good those teams are. I mean, they'll go you know, the the Yankees have a, have always a tendency to you know, they can put up ten runs on you if they really want to. So you know, and the the Astros, you can't count them out. I know I have a lot of friends down in Houston, and they're huge Astro fans. So, you know, those are the teams I think right now, just in the actual MLB. So, I want to start off there. I thought that was the easiest kind of run through. You know, once again, this time of year, it's very easy for a sports fan to just kind of put everything on mute, especially if you're not that big of an ML or you're not that big of an NBA fan, not a huge MLB guy. Um, you don't watch hockey, you know, all all you kind of do is you kind of just stick to football. That's kind of what you watch. Um, you know, but with so much good stuff going on, you know, I I just thought I'd do a little touch up for everyone. That way everyone kind of is somewhat in the know of the sport. So that's kind of the baseball. I did want to go over the UFC stuff. I just, you know, I was, I was kind of fascinated. Um, I'm not going to even try to say these girls last names, but both of these females just absolutely are frightening fighters for sure. Um, the Rose girl. She was the Rose was the actual champion. I think her um her not last name was like Nemoyannis or something like that. And then Jessica Andrade. Um, she was the actual challenger, and she beat her, and she just basically dropped her on her head. Um, but it was I, I mean I'm not gonna lie to you. These girls getting in the ring with them as a male, you would think they would whoop your ass. So, um, it was kind of you know I just watched some of the highlights. I didn't actually watch the fight, but you know I was kind of interesting just because I think that you know. The, you know, women's 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 UFC stuff is pretty entertaining. Actually, they they get after it for sure. So definitely great fight there. And then the the, the other thing, me and my fiance were actually sent down eating some sushi, and we watched BJ Penn and um, Clay Guida fight on uh, at the sushi spot. And I I had no idea they still fought. You know, BJ Penn. I, I used to watch BJ Penn fight whenever I was in high school. You know, the guy's forty years old, still getting in the octagon, um, and actually just created a new UFC. Um, what is it? A UFC record with the longest active losing streak ever, which is seven losses in a row. So he should be retiring. There's no he 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 looked really out of shape. He did not look like he should be in the ring. Clay Guido looked like a crazy person. He looked you know once again head bobbing, hair flying everywhere, throwing insane amount of punches. Um, ended up winning in a unanimous decision. But you know just like anybody, you know BJ Penn was somebody that I kind of grew up watching. He was kind of you know he's kind of one of the ones that originated. Um, UFC from a national level Um, At least in my eyes That's kind of how it was So definitely probably watch his last fight That he'll ever fight And kind of interesting to see that he fought Clay Guida I know Clay Guida used to fight out of Albuquerque um, and he actually fights out of illinois now, I was kind of shocked about that, but um you know the the fight card from just what we saw looked pretty decent nothing you know no no names once again i 'm not a huge u f c guy to be honest with you i you know I watch it if it 's on, but you know nothing really that i I was really aware of, but you know I did want to find out where those females did and then um also, I thought that it was kind of fascinating that b j Penn fought um i think what there was alexander, what was his name Silva he lost as well, I think he he like had a he got injured or something, like hurt his leg. So I know he had that he had that insane leg snap whenever he got leg kicked and then I saw that he got hurt in his fight. So that went as like a first round TKO as well. So um so he'll probably be done as well. I think that he's in his first 16 fights, I think he was 16 and 0, and in his last like eight fights, he's 1 and 7 or something like that, or maybe his last seven fights, he's 1 and 6 or something. Um, so his career is more than likely done in the uh, octagon as well, I would be guessing. So next portion getting into the actual NBA NBA has been wild has been a wild ride honestly kind of watching it so once again I always talk about the Blazers for whatever reason anytime that I actually get a time to watch a game the Blazers are on so um, today was actually a little bit opposite because they played the early game so I didn't get to catch the Blazers game but I was rooting for them hoping that they were going to make it to the finals so they actually did I think that the next round with them and the Warriors is going to be very very interesting I think depending on what Katie's health status is and you know Steph Curry played an insane game six against Houston knocking out Houston, but even he said, you know, he played arguably the best basketball he's ever played in his entire career, and I think that you know that 18 minute stretch. Um, so you know, once again, can he bottle that and kind of re you know redo that again in the next series? Because you know, Portland's no 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 uh, no pushover by any means. I think you know Dame, you know, he always has the potential to put up 40 points. C.J. McCollum, he kind of took over took over the game against the Jazz. You know, he scored a huge bucket there at the end. Um, and you know, once again, they, they just have a bunch of kind of plug and play players, even Curry off the bench for the, for actual Portland, he comes in. You know, he, you know, he had 16 points whenever they lost to the Jazz, I think, in Game 3 or Game 4. Um, he had 16 points in, in a matter of, you know, seven minutes off the bench. So, you know, they have a bunch of kind of lightning in the bottle kind of guys that kind of come off the bench for Portland. I think that they have a bunch of guys that can really add to their – add to And Plus, they play hard. You know, that's kind of their thing is they always play hard and, you know, they, they have enough star power to really make it happen. I think that's going to be a very fascinating one to see what the Warriors can really do and kind of put out that fire for them getting on a run Um, and yeah I think it really comes down to Katie's health I think if Katie's healthy I think I I you know I think the Warriors have enough to get by them for sure with KD being healthy. Once again, I think this is going to be a Game Six, Game Seven series. I just think you know Portland's not an easy place to go up and play. It's a smaller arena, so the place gets rocking. You know, plus in Portland, you know everybody's an enormous Trailblazer um, fan. So my dad used to live up there. I remember we were up there one time during a game, and literally the whole entire city just you know everything turns to black and red. So, um, so I think that'll be a really good series. And then on the flip side, arguably one of the most crazy finishes to a basketball game i've ever seen um besides maybe the dame hitting the three against the houston rockets in game what was that game six like i don't know three four years ago That i was at. i was in i was in vegas watching that at strip and i remember we watched that and we were all just our draws just dropped because he hit that right at the last second and you know, I was watching this game with my future father in law. We're sitting there watching this game, and you know, both of us just stood up out of our chairs and just kind of yelled, like we were, we just could not believe what just happened. Because Quiet um, Leonard takes the ball, goes around the goes around the arc. You know, he kind of posts up there. You know, he doesn't post up. He kind of just scores up, gets kind of a last second shot off. The ball leaves his hand with point two left on on the clock. Ball goes up, bounces. everybody thought that ball was not going in. Bounces on the front of the rim, takes a huge bounce. Back, clips the little bit of the backboard, goes in. It hits the actual rim four times and then just drops right in. Um, he did it with Embiid on him. Um, and, you know, to be honest with you, watching the 76ers, they just did not look like they had any, any energy in the last three minutes of the game. Um, you know, Embiid, he was walking down the court. He didn't look like he was energized. After, he kind of got that, you know, he kind of got clicked in the eye there. Um after by one of the Gasol brothers, he he kind of got poked in the eye. And then after that, he just looked like he stopped playing basketball. You know, he missed a free throw. He just didn't have any energy. It looked like he was walking around. Um, you know, I know that he was super emotional after the game, but he just did not look like he had a lot of energy left in the tank. So I know that there were things about him being sick. So that that's very possible that maybe he was just sick. Um, but nonetheless, a chance to go to the finals and, you know, you're kind of walking up and down the court with three minutes left, just kind of, to me, it just didn't really show a lot of heart to me from the 76ers. And I thought that, you know, you kind of watch that throughout the series, all through game seven or, you know, throughout the the series, you know, they would show up one game and they looked amazing. There was one game that he scored like 35 points and he had 12 boards and had a great game. And then the next game he had 11 points, you know, so, you know, just super inconsistent. I'm actually glad the 76ers are out of it because, you know, they're, they're just, that's just a team that I just. Don't, i think the bucks would roll over in five you know the sixers would probably win one game but i just don't think that they would handle the bucks i think with this i think the raptors going into this i think the you know actual toronto is a really tough place to play um you know Milwaukee's no easy place to play and i think both teams are actually you know very comparable to what kind of styles they have they both they both have a very dominant player on both teams and any night that one player can take over a game and beat you and you know don't get it don't don't get my words confused because Kawhi Leonard while he did have you know one of the most epic shots that ended the game the guy shot the ball 39 times and had 41 points so not a great statistic line you know I think he probably shot 32 percent on the night um I think he was like seven or seven for eight from the free throw line and missed a free throw there at the very end um, but you know, once again, he got enough balls to drop in the, drop in the bucket to win the game and that's all that matters. So, you know, and I think, I think same thing. Um, you know, I think, uh, Gainus, I think he's, he, he's a freak, he, you know, there's a reason why he's called the Creek freak for sure. Dude just looks like he's, he's almost like a comic book hero. Um, so once again, incredible athleticism, it's going to be a great series. I think that that series definitely has potential to go to game seven. Um, and, I, you know, I think no matter what, I think the matchup between the East and the West, I think you're going to see one of the better matchups. And I say that because I think if the Bucks line up against the the Golden State Warriors or Portland, you know, you're going to have a great series. And then same kind of thing. If you have the Raptors line up against either one of them, I think you're going to have a good series. I don't think there's any team in this Final Four that you're like, well, you know, they don't have any chance. And so I'm kind of glad the 76ers lost because, you know, I just don't think that they had potential to actually beat any team out of the West. I think even going up against the Blazers, I think the Blazers would beat um you know four times out of six games i just don't think that they they have the the ability to kind of keep up with the west and you know i think both the east teams i think they're going to be up against it but you know i think i think nonetheless you're going to get a good series out of it which that's all that really matters um and transitioning into NHL, um, this one, th- this sport, I know some a lot of people that are, you know, I kind of got some messages of like, "Being dude, I don't watch the NHL. I don't ever watch the NHL." So, you know, once again, NHL, you know, I'm, you know, I try to keep up with it during the regular season. I don't do a great job. There's spurts where I don't know what's going on for like two weeks, um, but nonetheless, playoff hockey is absolutely incredible. Um, there's a reason why the Vegas Knights r- literally took over that city last year. I mean, if you go into Vegas now everybody's a Vegas night fan. That just, you know, they have jerseys, you know, even the, the giant statue of Liberty there, um, right there at New York, New York, they have a big, they have a big night Jersey on the, on the statue of Liberty. So, you know, it's just, it's an incredible sport to watch. If you really have the time for it, you know, it's, it's great, but there's nothing like playoff hockey. And it's kind of funny because every series has been, it feels like a game seven, except for the lightning and Columbus blue jackets. And the Columbus blue jackets just smack the shit out of the lightning. Um, in the first round, which the Lightning set the NHL, NHL record, I believe, for the most regular season wins. And then they just totally fumble it in the first round. And actually, I think the Calgary Flames, um, they were the number one seed out of the West, and they lost in their first round too. Um, but then, you know, after that, you know, every series was a game seven. You know, it just every, every series was a game seven. And then, you know, I think the only one that wasn't a game seven out of the last series was Carolina Hurricanes. I think that they actually swept the Islanders. And then you get into the actual, you know, the semifinals before the actual finals, and you have the hurricanes and Bruins. And the Bruins are just smacking the hell out of the Bru out of the hurricanes. You know, the first game it was five to two Bruins. Game two, six to two Bruins. So definitely home ice has been a huge deal um, for the Bruins in this series, is what it looks like. And then, you know, once again, you look over to the West and you know the Sharks, you know, they beat the Blues six to three, but that game was actually a lot closer than what it was. The Blues pulled Pulled the goalie and got a late goal in there. So you know it was three to five at, at you know there at the end and the the Blues were actually pushing. It looked like they had a the chance to score there, um, but you know they they lost control of the puck and you know the Sharks are able to get the late goal. So it make it look a lot worse than what it was. But nonetheless, you know I you know the Sharks have been a team you know forever. They're always around the cup and never win. You know the Blues are the same kind of thing, always kind of around the cup, never win. Hurricanes kind of came out of nowhere; they they were not supposed to be here. And you know, same kind of thing. The Hurricanes are always this, you know, this team that's never been around. So they're the kind of the one off in all four teams. And then the Bruins, they're you know they're kind of NHL royalty. You know that's kind of the it's kind of one of the the original thirteen teams in the NHL. So um, you know that's kind of the thing. And you know you look at them and the Bruins are going to be a tough out, that's for sure. So you know bo- you know all these people that are Boston strong you know they just need to kind of keep on winning except for except for the Celtics so you know once again making a run very good chance to make the NHL conference um, the actual championship, so you know i think I think with that being said, you know just one one kind of fun thing that I think would be kind of interesting to do is to look at the actual odds if once again if you 're in Vegas and you want to put a little money on it, you know i don 't think it'd be a bad odd to put money on one of the West teams to win it because the Bruins have to be the favorite at this point they have to be like almost like a two to one favorite. Um, just because they they just look so dominant right now in the actual um in the actual eastern finals, so um that 's your little bit of hockey catch up just you know once again if you like hockey you know i I think that you 've been having some really really good luck of watching some watching some hockey and just kind of and uh just kind of been able to be entertained and you know once again so that kind of catches you guys up on all the actual you know just all the kind of common stuff that 's going on in the sports world right now. Um, and then I kind of wanted to go through and just do a little bit of my little take on some running backs so you know I was uh, you know I was at a wedding this past weekend and you know we had an amazing time but me and one of my buddies were kind of kind of hanging around drinking a little bit of whiskey and you know we we're smoking some cigars and we we're talking about some football stuff and you know we we're talking about injuries and you know what I wanted to do is I kind of want to talk about you know what I think has potential to be some of the biggest injuries in the actual NFL this year from a running back position so that's what I kind of want to talk about. I want to talk about, you know, the top 20 running backs. Just, you know, once again, just on the, the big board of what they're, what the most common people are kind of putting them as. So um, the number one running back right now is uh, Saquon Barkley. You know, once again, dudes dominant. I don't really have any worries with him getting hurt. Um, and then you have Zeke. Once again, not really any worries with him getting hurt. And then the third one that I kind of saw was Christian McCaffrey. And he's actually somebody I had him on my team last year. He actually he absolutely crushed the league last year he you know he caught over a thousand yards he seemed like he was like rushing for a thousand yards receiving for a thousand yards he just kind of did it all I remember there was a game that I had him in that literally uh Cam Newton threw the ball and it got like bounced way up in the air and somehow Chris McCaffrey catches it on the you know right on the goal line and lands as a touchdown um but Chris McCaffrey he's somewhat of a smaller running back and he's never been hurt and the fact that Um, Cam Newton is actually kind of dinged up I worry about how much they're going to use him and what his longevity is going to be for this year so once again he hasn't been hurt in his first two previous years I just I worry about him missing a little bit of game time this year just with little rinky-dink injuries just because he's always been so reliable but he is a smaller guy Um, and then going to Alvin Kamara you know Alvin Kamara is an awesome uh, he's an amazing running back I'm a Tampa Bay fan so it kills me that he's in the same division um, you know going against us twice a year but well same kind of thing you know they don't have ingram this year you know it's going to be kind of interesting what they do i know they picked up the dude out of um i think it's murray the dude out of the vikings but you know once again it'll be interesting to see what his touch count is and how healthy he can stay you know i think that you know i think they would like to keep him in the 12 to, you know 12 runs a game and you with about six six to, six to maybe nine receptions it's usually where he kind of floats but you know once again that's about 20 20 touches a game and you know for him that's that's a lot for a smaller back so i think he's somebody you know once again i'm not really scared of injury because <clears throat> because the the Saints always take care of the running backs but he's somebody that that I will be have my eyes on for sure. And then we go to Todd Gurley. He's the fifth. It's kind of crazy. He's at 5. Even last year he had an amazing year, but you know, it came out that he has arthritis in his knee. Um longevity will definitely be a piece. So Todd Gurley, I think he's the number one worry I think for longevity health-wise. Um you know, they re-signed the running back. I think that his last name is Brown. Um, he actually got an offer sheet from like the Detroit Lions and then the Rams re-signed him. I think they took a running back late in the draft as well. So maybe like third, fourth round. So, you know, they got some running back help there for him. I think that they're going to do a little bit more of a committee just to try to make his longevity a little bit better because he's just such a dynamic running back. Um, but Todd Gurley number one, number one worry guy for me as far as injury goes. I'm sure that's everybody. I'm not giving anybody new news um and then James Connor you know he's somebody he he missed a little bit of time last year I think the the Steelers went out and drafted a guy as well this year I think they're going to do you know the history of them they always have a bell cow running back I think that's their their kind of goal but James Connor last year had a little rinky dink injuries I wouldn't be surprised if he misses a game or two same kind of thing I don't think he's somebody that I'm worried about losing for a season but um you know he is somebody that i could see you know he has a bruised elbow or you know bruised knee or something like that he misses a game or two so you know pretty pretty common i think in the running back position to miss a game or two but i nothing nothing really concerns me about missing him long term melvin gordon same kind of thing i think he's somebody oddly enough i think he's somebody that really wants to not only play but he kind of pays attention to fantasy football um, so, you know, once again, same kind of thing. This is a game or two here and there, but nothing major. He usually stays pretty healthy. David Johnson, he's a guy that's very interesting to me, I think, with the new offensive scheme there. I know, you know, whenever um, Cliff Kingsbury was at Texas Tech, the running backs really never got that much, you know, exposure just because, you know, they throw the ball so much. But the running backs always, you know, they caught like 500 yards worth of receptions and they still ran for like, you know, 900 yards. So I think that kind of fits David Johnson's kind of prototype really well. I'll be really interested to see how he is. Um, you know, he kind of had the crazy fluke injury in his wrist, you know, two years ago. And then last year he played for the worst team in the NFL. So, you know, hopefully he gets a chance to kind of redeem himself. You know, once again, you know, health with that missing an entire year with a wrist injury is always concerning. But, you know, besides that, you know, the dude stayed pretty healthy. Um, Joe Mixon, he had actually a surgery last year. And I think he had a surgery in the offseason in his knee um, to get just like a little bit of like cartilage and stuff kind of cleaned up out of it. So hopefully he'll be good to go. I'm not too concerned about him. And then the biggest worry besides Gurley to me is Le'Veon Bell. Um, Le'Veon Bell missed all of last season. He hasn't been doing any of the team activities with the Jets, really. Supposedly he's going to be doing the OTAs in June with the Jets, but he hasn't been. He hasn't been basically there at all. Um, the Jets are already saying that. I don't think the Jets are saying, but. You know, the beat writers for the Jets are already saying that it's a concern about the guy. So, Le'Veon Bell is somebody that I'm staying off of for sure. Dude freaks me out. He You know, he might come out and be the, you know, him being, you know, the 10th best running back kind of out of the top guys. You know, he's one of the guys that he legitimately could be 10 or he could be 30 or he could be one or he could miss the entire season. So, you know, you just talk about vol- volatility. I think that he's, uh, he's one of the most. So, he definitely worries me. Definitely somebody um, I'll be staying off of. Um and then the next one um you have Delvin you have a uh, Dalvin Cook. I think Dalvin Cook is incredible running back, but once again health issues kind of plagued him. I, I had him his rookie year was crushing and then he went down. Um so somebody that I, you know, I I'm not going to really target but you know if he falls to you, I think that that's kind of the thing. Um next one is Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb is, you know, I think that he's going to be pretty pretty easy, pretty durable guy, not too much to talk about there. Leonard Fournette. He's probably the third guy that I'm most concerned about. I feel like he, he's always missing time with injuries, and, you know, he always has potential to do so well, especially, the, you know, in all honesty. I was talking about this, I think, on the last, last podcast. I think that out of all the running backs with potential um, just from a team standpoint to put the team on his back and carry it, I think that he's that guy. Um. So, you know, him sitting there at 13, once again, same kind of thing that I was just talking about with Bell, you know, he's sitting there at 13, and, you know, in all honesty, he could be 13, he could be, you know, top three running back, he could be a 30 guy, he could, you know, he might get hurt in week three and not play, so, you know, he just, I, I don't know how much his heart is really in it, so that's kind of that's kind of that guy and then um one thing that you know then my kind of next guy is he's a little bit higher than what most people have is actually Chris Carson with Seattle i i really like Chris Carson he's actually my number 14 guy i think that he stays healthy i think the nice thing is they also have Penny there, so I think they can spell him. I don't think they have to have him just do a shit ton of running and just wear him down. I think he's somebody that will be able to last. I think the Seattle Seahawks have a pretty good handle on what they want to do running back wise, um, and they they're going to have to kind of figure out a couple things, especially with Doug Baldwin not going to be there this year. So I think that that'll be they're they're going to have to really focus on the run. So he's kind of that guy that I like as far as the target goes, and then also just you know health wise, he's not somebody I'm too concerned about. Um, and then is my 15 guy, um, Sonny Michelle. I think Sonny Michel's, you know, he, he's somebody that he's going to miss a little bit of time. It's just you've seen it. He's going to miss a couple games here and there. Um, in New England, they have enough guys to kind of hold him down. So, you know, nothing too concerning with me with him. But, you know, once again, in that kind of later draft pick for a running back from, you know, late second, third, um, maybe fourth round dude um you know i think that your you know durability is going to be somewhat of a question just because you know he does get hurt but you know nothing that i'm really i think necessarily like volatile about and then my 16 guy damian williams i think damian williams is the most one of the most wild card guys on the entire running back depth chart but once again you know health wise you know he always seems like he was able to play you know he plays for dynamic offense he he had a great playoff run my buddy who picked him up and beat me in the playoffs last year you know i think that he's just somebody that definitely has a chance to to make an impact and you know nonetheless you know he stayed pretty durable so not too concerned about his injury status as well um and then I have Marlon Mack sitting there at 17. You know, I think that I think that he's a fantastic running back. I think his offense system runs really well. Um, I think he's somebody that will get bumped up later and later, especially, you know, I talk about this in one of my buddies that, you know, I kind of make a, a my own personal board of guys that I really like. And Marlon Mack's always on it. But he always goes way too early for me. Someone, you know, they see him in the third round and draft him, and just too high for me. So, Marlon Mack, somebody I like. Health wise, you know, once again, some he's a guy that you know, just like a lot of these guys talk about. It's hard for a running back to play, you know, the full slate of games. He's he's a guy that's going to miss a couple games. I think the biggest thing is hopefully he can be healthy during the most important games because you know last year he was hurt early on and then kind of came in strong towards the end. But you know, a lot of guys, you know, they, you know, if you, you know, if you have a running back that misses the first out of the out of the first games if you know he misses four out of the first five games you know and you start your fantasy football season he's supposed to be your rb2 and you're missing him you know and then all of a sudden you start the season off one and five you're going to be off to a rough start so you know that's kind of that, that. He's one of the guys. that He is a little bit more volatile just because of what he's done. But you know, definitely kind of interested to see what he does this year. Um, then Aaron Jones, and then are eighteen, you know, this is one of my one of my buddies. He he loves Aaron Jones. He's also a Green Bay Packer fan, so it makes sense. Um, but this guy, I think, it's all about the committee. You know, the Titan or the Tennessee Titans old OC, who's now the head coach over there. I think that he's the guy that is going to be the most dynamic piece of this whole puzzle. I think that that's you know just in general. I think that that's going to be the most the most biggest piece. So that's kind of that's kind of all I have to say about say, say about Aaron Jones. I think that he's a pass catching guy. I think if they give him enough chance chances, I think he'll make a he'll make a good run this year. Um, and then sitting so there at um actual 19 mark ingram i love mark ingram in baltimore i love the system i think that he has a good chance to really move up but we you know once again i don't really necessarily see him any higher than like a top 10 running back maybe like you know maybe like low fringe tier one maybe like a 10 to eight nine guy um but you know i think that he's pretty comfortable there at 19. Um, and then twenty is kind of one again one again kind of a wild card, but I just see him as so much potential to actually um, carry on Johnson. I feel like you know in that system they 're going to want to run the ball you know and he has a, he has so much ability to get outside and just do so much. I thought that he showed a lot last year, so he 's kind of he 's kind of rounding it off there at that twenty spot once again volatility he you know he got hurt towards the end of the year last year um, you know they also have a high draft pick in um what was his name, Freeman, I believe, for for Denver, I think that was his name, Freeman, they draft him in the third round out of Oregon, um, yeah, Royce Freeman, so, you know, he's kind of their backup, but, you know, nonetheless, not a bad little handcuff to have, if you're able to get, um, able to get Lindsay not too shabby, and then you can kind of handcuff him with a last, last draft in your pick, or, you know, maybe one of your later backup running back spots, you get um, Royce Freeman just to kind of protect yourself, you know, that's never a bad option, but... Those are my top 20 guys, but also, you know, want to go through, you know, some of the most, um, you know, injury prone guys, you know, obviously just like everybody, anybody you ever talk about Todd Gurley is kind of that number one, Le'Veon Bell is really my number two guy to worry, uh, worry about. And then um, Leonard Fournette's my third guy. Um, Dalvin Cook's right there as well, number four. So, those are like kind of the, my top four worry guys. Christian McCaffrey kind of rounds out that top worry some just with, you know, injury wise. I know it's, you know, he stayed healthy, he's very durable. I love Christian McCaffrey, don't get me wrong. Love the dude. I think he's an incredible running back. But just once again, he stayed 100% healthy, I don't think he's missed one game in two years, and you know, he's got a ton of touches, he's going to continue to get a lot of touches, especially with um, with Cam Newton possibly being out, so you know, he's somebody that I think could just to kind of keep an eye on as far as like entry goes, because once again, he's your, you know, just, you know, third running back, he's a third player off the board, you draft him third overall, and you're not drafting again until late in the second round, and so you take a wide receiver, and then you're drafted running back again, that means, you know, you're, you're, RB1 if he goes down you know you're kind of looking at maybe like a I don't know maybe like a Derrick Henry maybe an Aaron Jones if he's still there but that's what you're going to be looking at so just kind of just kind of interesting to see if you know you draft one of these early guys and he goes down you know you're it's pretty dangerous so that's why I think you know that Todd Gurley there sitting at the fifth running back overall to me you know it's once again you can't deny the guy's athleticism what he can bring to your team but if he goes down you're kind of fucked so um, but th- that's kind of what I had. Um, so once again, I know this was all sports. You know, I know pretty much every female that probably listened to this did not listen to this. Um, at least from what my uh, fiance tells me is that whenever it's sports, she kind of just fast forwards right through. So... If um if you are a girl listening, hopefully you got something out of it. Um, but nonetheless, I hope my guys that are listening hope you kind of got out of it, got something out of it. Catch you up on your sports that way you kind of have some um water tank talk is what they like to call it. So you know once again MLB often going you know sorry I don't bring up any soccer I literally don't watch soccer I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and be fake with you guys I I've tried to watch soccer on my plane I watched the um LA Galaxy and New York I don't know fire department or whatever they are um I watched them play in New York beat beat LA but that was the most hockey or most soccer i had watched in forever and it was because there was I wasn't able to change the channel and I, I'm a guy I like sports so you know that's the most soccer I've watched I know everybody's throwing a fit about Liverpool and Man City and I'm not gonna lie to you I don't know anything about that stuff so you know not that I dislike the sport I think anything less of it just you know not that you know there's only so many hours in a day to kind of keep up with sports so um, That's the only sport that I don't really have any insight for you guys on that is currently going on, but did want to give you guys a little bit of running back kind of thought process to go on. I know that, you know, once again, if you do play fantasy football, you know, just, you know, especially whenever there's a good chunk of money online, it, you know, it's kind of something that goes year round and it's kind of something that, you know, you know, once again, our, but, you know, a lot of my friends, they live all over the country and it's kind of something that kind of brings everyone together and, you know, some fun stuff to kind of talk about. So that's pretty much all I have for you guys. The next episode, I'll have a little bit more social stuff. You know, as you know, I'll, I'll obviously kind of be recapping some of these playoffs as we go along, um, but definitely going to be kind of paying attention. I have a couple good topics kind of upcoming. Um, one of my friends um, sent me an um, actual message about his, I think it was his grandfather that was a famous boxer out of New Mexico. So I'm going to be doing some research and um, kind of going over him. So some good stuff to come and thanks for listening, guys. Hope you have a great rest of your day and great start to your week. Okay, thanks guys.